Hi, Gateway Church Dartford here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We trust that what you hear will be a blessing and an encouragement to your journey. Praise God. Let's just bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity this morning for you to speak to us. I pray that you speak uh, to <clears throat> your people through my lips and, uh, and use my mind, O oh God, and use my heart and use my lips to be able to communicate to your people in such a way that we're able to receive from you this morning. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Everyone, if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, please turn to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians chapter 4. A well-known piece of scripture. Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6. Um, I've titled this message, Dealing with Anxiety. Dealing with Anxiety. Scripture say this in Philippians 4, 6, do not, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Okay, so due to uh, the short time I've had this morning, I haven't been able to put the slides together, so you're going to have to keep an eye on me and, uh, and not on the screens. Okay. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. I want you to underline that in your Bible if you're taking notes. Underline the word prayer. Underline the word supplication. Underline the word thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Here the Bible says do not, and Paul is talking to the Philippians, and actually the, Philipp, the, the church at Philippi was one of the churches in the New Testament that supported Paul's ministry financially. If, if, if you read Scripture, you would know that Paul was a tent maker. Okay, he had his business on the side, uh, doing tents. And uh, he was also traveling as a missionary, preaching and teaching the church. And the, the church at Philippi became really resourceful for him. And uh, they really supported him financially by blessing him and allowing him to go and be an itinerant minister and traveling and preaching and teaching to the churches. A few times as you read the episodes, you find that Paul was somebody who uh, got through a little bit of a problem with getting himself in trouble. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was put in prison. 
So he had to undergo all these things. And in all these things, Paul says this. He says, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. I say, Chris, how can I not be anxious? My car is not working. I haven't got no money to fix it. My washing machine has broken down and I need another one. I can't afford to pay my bills. I can't afford to live. And if we look at our society at the minute, anxiety rages the highest level ever. The percentage of people that are worried, that are anxious in our society is staggering. The people that are struggling even more is part of our churches. Christians are struggling to find a middle ground. Christians are struggling in their faith to be able to carry on moving forward because anxiety is taking a root a stronghold into their lives and therefore cannot help them moving forward. This morning, I want to tell you that God has a plan for anxiety. Say amen. Say as if you mean it. Amen. When you say amen, you say amen. With an attitude. Okay? We have to have an attitude when we say amen. Okay? On Wednesday, we look... We were looking at a scripture, uh, some of you that were here. I can't remember what word. I think it, the, the word was fervent. Our worship needs to be what? Fervent. Our prayer needs to be fervent. Oh, well, Chris, it's not really my culture. I don't care. The Bible says the fervent prayer. The fervent prayer. That means you got to believe what you're praying. you got to have some sort of tenacity when you're praying. You've got to trust God when you're praying. And that comes with a level of belief, a level of tenacity, a level of um, uh, as if authority that you're stepping into the realm of hell and you're unplugging and taking what the Lord, what the enemy has stolen. The enemy is not going to just let you do that. Breaking out of anxiety is not easy. It requires a dealing of our minds this morning. And as I was looking into this, I bumped across a word in the Greek mythology. I like Greek. Anybody likes Greek? Anybody likes Greek food? Okay, Greek food will do. I came across, I don't really know how to spell this, but so I'm going to give it a go. O-I-Z-Y-S. How would you spell it? O-I-Z-Y-S. Oasis? That would do. Oasis. Not Oasis, okay? Oasis. In the Greek mythology... Oasis is the goddess. Now listen to me carefully. Oasis is the goddess. The goddess. And you would think that goddess would bring some 
relative good news. But this goddess, Oasis, is the goddess of misery, the goddess of grief, the goddess of depression, the goddess of misfortune, and the goddess of anxiety. Her Roman name is Miseria, M-I-S-E-R-I-A, where the English word misery comes from. Why is that important? Why is that information important this morning? It's important to know where anxiety comes from. It's important to know and understand the root of anxiety. Now, I understand, and we're all part of it, this morning I want to clarify that it's okay sometimes when you are uncertain about situation. You are uncertain about circumstance. When we are uncertain about something, it creates a little bit of anxiety. How many of you have been there? Okay? If, you, if, if you're like me, you're having to deal with the UK immigration, it brings anxiety. Okay? Just, just thinking about the word immigration makes me feel... And I've realized this. I've realized that anxiety comes in different shapes and forms. It comes in different things that in our lives wants to create or establish a hold. Say hold. Now here's the thing. It's okay to feel unsure. It's okay to go in through situations where I don't feel that I'm able to deal with this. So I get a feeling of anxiety. But I should not allow anxiety to develop itself and becomes a hold. Can I get an amen? amen. So that's a step there is to realize that anxiety is coming. It's coming through uh, my finance. It's coming through the, the, the immigration system. It's coming through this, that, and the other. It's recognizing it and deal with it. When we do not deal with anxiety... It creates a division in our mind. It creates a division in our mind. The Greek word for worry. Here's another word. Merimneo. M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O. It comes from the verb, merizo, M-E-R-I-Z-O. 
which, which comes from two words, broken down to the word divide and the word mind. Anxiety is meant to create a division in our mind, a confusion in our mind. You would realize that when anxiety comes, before you get the feeling of anxiety, there's something that goes on in our mind. And that may take some time, it may take maybe a day or two, it may take a week or whatever. But before it filter down to our actions, to our bodies, something happens in our mind. This morning the Lord wants us to be a people of freedom, to be able to worship in freedom. And the trouble is when we are under hold of something, we are not able to worship. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's enabled us to live and breathe and operate in freedom. But if I allow a hold of anxiety into my life, it affects the way I think, it affects the way I move, it affects the way I build relationship, and it goes on and on and on and on. It starts with a hold, it becomes a foothold, end up a stronghold. It's interesting, about 80% of deliverance ministry I have been involved in has found its root in either anxiety or fear. 80%. So exactly the problem, the bigger problem may be, may be witchcraft, the, the, the bigger problem may be an, a different issue altogether, but the doorway is always anxiety or fear. Isn't that interesting? That I'm fearful of the situation and circumstance and I've, I've, I've somehow opened my heart to that and I've allowed that spirit to come in and control me. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot that goes on more than meet the eye. I was reading this thing about the goddess. I was shocked myself. Because of a lot of that I recognize in our society. I recognize a lot of misery. I recognize a lot of anxiety. I recognize a lot of grief. A lot of depression and misfortune. A lot of things that people are facing and are going through and trying to deal with the situation with pills and tablets. And I'm not against the medical side of things. But this morning we are addressing the root 
of the problem. And the root of the problem is found spiritually most of the time. I don't want to generalize, but most of the time. And when anxiety comes, it establishes and moves from hold to foothold to stronghold. I then become unrecognizable because I can't function. I can no longer move and function under freedom because I'm so concerned about anything. People say to me, Chris, I can't come to church on Sunday because I got to work. I totally get that. But the root of that is because I'm scared and I'm frightened I can't pay my bills. You trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge Him. And he will lead and guide our path. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto me. And this is the thing. In a roundabout way, in a backward way, the enemy is shoveling his way around. I've got to work and I've got to feed my family. And it's good, and it's the right thing to do, and it's honorable. But it's stealing me away from the presence of God. It's taking away my time with God. It's taking away, and it's all over the place, not just here in the UK. But I find it even in Mauritius now. I find people cannot attend a service. They cannot attend to be in the presence of God because they're having to work. And funny enough, they ask the church to pray that they get a job. And once they get a job, you don't see them. Now, I'm not speaking out of condemnation this morning, but I want to highlight that the enemy has schemes, schemes and ways to work. He'll find a way to get you busy. He'll find a way to get you anxious. He'll find a way to get you involved in something so that you ain't here one way or the other. Our time of prayer is decreasing. Our time of fellowship with God are decreasing. Our time of fellowship together are decreasing. I speak to leaders and church leaders, friends of mine, and it's not just a problem that we experience here. It's a worldwide problem. We're going to be coming comfortable um, if something is on Zoom, because I can then turn my camera off and I can, I can do whatever I want, and I'm saying, oh, I'm involving church. We address the issues this morning of the ways that the enemy is working behind the scenes. 
But out of that, everything else is rising. The things like anxiety is rising. The things like depression is rising. The things like grief is rising. And when I stripped all of it back, the word of God don't change this morning, my friends. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. There is no ifs and buts and maybes on it. We have to become the people that seek ye first the kingdom. There is no other way to do this but to put God first. To put God first in our families, to God first in our situation, circumstances, to put God first in all things because all the other things shall be added. That he will supply my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Funny enough, that scripture is in Philippians as well. And that's why Paul was able to see that. That you move out of anxiety. That you get to a place where you, God, supply all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Three things, prayer. In dealing with anxiety, Paul offers us three ways in dealing with it. He answers his own question. He says, in everything by prayer. Prayer is a means of dependency in God. By the way, if I'm not seeing you on Wednesday, I've got your name down. Dependency on God. Prayer is humility before God. Now, if we pray, we have to pray. We have to make time for God. We have to be humble before God. By prayer. Everything by prayer. A situation about Moses, really I love when Moses gets sent to Pharaoh. And here's the guy that he gets all the education that he needs in Egypt and he goes out, you know the story, he goes out in the wilderness and he's sitting before the burning bush and God calls him back to Egypt and he says, I can't go. I don't have what it takes to go, I can't even speak. And God equips him, give him a staff. He says, I'm going to send Aaron with you. You're going to be fine. And he goes before Pharaoh and he goes, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, I'm paraphrasing, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Who do you think you are? You stepped into a situation and you face your Pharaoh. You face your trial, your situation, your circumstances, and you say in the, in the realm of your situation, let my people go. I claim my healing, whatever it may be. 
And Pharaoh stands and says, you've got to be joking. I don't know about you, but I was Moses. I would be like, where is the door out? I'll be running. All things would be coming into my head, the level of anxiety I'll be having. I'll be sweating. And you read through Exodus and you say this. You see, every time Pharaoh gives the word, Moses runs to God. Every word of Pharaoh, Moses runs to God. And he keeps running and he keeps going and going and going and get instructions that God will give a word that will encourage, sustain, move him and build him and move him out of the situation that he finds himself. Dependency on God, my friends. Dependency on God doesn't mean that willy-nilly, doesn't mean that, oh, just on a Sunday morning and I come and I get what I need. No, dependency on God is 24-7 that I seek Him. And if I seek Him with all my heart, I will find Him. That He's faithful, He's just to manifest Himself. I can't stress the importance of prayer this morning. Prayer has got to be more than beyond our cultures. Prayer is going to be more than our social activities. Prayer is going to be more than to do with my working schedules. Prayer is going to be more than my, prayer, my family schedules. Prayer is going to be infiltrated in my life from morning to evening, whichever way you want to do it. But we, as a people, need to pray. Can I get an amen? Don't sleep on me this morning. And Paul says, and supplication, and Supplication. Supplication is just a humble way to make your request known to God. Whereas prayer is a time for me to spend with God. It's the two things here. It's interesting that the word supplication don't become before, it comes after. Let's pretend I don't know Steve. I'll pick on Steve this morning. I don't know Steve. And I said to Steve, I'm carrying around for barbecue, mate. I want T-bone steak. We've already talked about that, don't we? I want T-bone steak. I want lamb chops. Yeah. No rubbish. Will that be acceptable? Will that be acceptable? I don't know him. I just walked up to him on the street. And I said, excuse me, mate. Oh, well, by the way, I don't know his name is Steve. I said, excuse me, mate. 
good night. It's good Thank you. You're welcome. It's good night. It's good guy. You say, Chris, what are you saying? I'm saying, unless I spend time with prayer in getting to know who God is, it doesn't put me in a place whereby I can bring my supplication. That's what I'm saying. The prayer time is not a time to be asking. Not that word there. It's a time of intimacy. It's a time of relationship. It's not, it's not a handshake. It's not a handshake. No, it's not. It's more than a handshake. It's a time of intimacy. And a time of intimacy with God that we spend with the Lord. That's what prayer time is. I get to know God and He gets to know me. And then I came to a place where I can ask of Him. I can come boldly before the throne of grace. Hey guys, I cannot come boldly to a God that I don't know. It's awkward. Everything throws out of relationships. And he goes on to say, weave thanksgiving. Weave thanksgiving. Oh, I don't really want to give thanks. Are you kidding? It's not going well. How can I give thanks? And I found that when you are in this place of intimacy, you are this place whereby you are in relationship with Him. You're able to give thanks. It's incredible when we find that place of thanksgiving where we say, Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you will do. Even though I can't feel it, even though I can't see it, even though it's not there. Because I am in relationship with you, I know, I just know that I would come through. That's a place of relationship. Thanksgiving always flows from there. When I'm swamped into the negative things, when I swarmed into when things are not working out for me. I don't know about you, but I can't give thanks. Can you? Can you give thanks when things are just going wrong after another and keep going wrong and wrong and wrong and your head is just swarmed with that? The only place to be able to give thanks is in a place of intimacy. It's a place of humility. It's a place before God that we all, as children of God, need. We need that place of relationship, that place of intimacy. Let me summarize this this morning, that do not allow anxiety into your life. Do not say it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. 
You may have a feeling that you are unsure. You may have a feeling that you are a little bit stressed. That's fine. But do not allow it this morning to become a hold and a stronghold into your life. I was telling Ashvin, my cousin, yesterday. I am not somebody who is fearful. That's just the way I am. You know what I was fearful of? One thing. Big dogs. I was afraid of big dogs. I'm not afraid of spiders. I'm not afraid of heights. I'm not afraid to get in a glass lift with a bottomless glass and go up 32 heights in the air. I'm not afraid of any of that. I was afraid of big dogs. I don't know why. I just was. And just didn't sit well with me. So what did I do? Got a big dog. Ain't going to get bigger than Marco. Am I afraid of big dogs? No. Listen to this phrase. Whatever you tolerate will become an establishment into your life. Whatever you say, it's okay. You're giving it power. You're giving it permission. You're giving it into your life. This morning, it's not okay. You have anxiety, have a hold over your life. Whatever shape and form it comes from. Seek the wisdom of God to be able to be in a place for us to handle it, deal with it, cast it out, so that we can be fully free, experiencing the freedom in Christ. Allow prayer, supplication, thanksgiving to be a daily thing so that my relationship and your relationship with God is solid and strong more than ever. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Father God, we need you. We need you to help us because it is not by might, by power, but by your spirit. Help us to not just go away from this place and make excuses and just say it's okay or I put it on the back burner, I put it on the shelf. Or the classic things sometimes as Christians we deal with it, we say, oh, it's not really talking to me. 
pray that we hear the word of the Lord this morning, this afternoon. That we guard our hearts. Help us not to allow anxiety to rule, fear to cripple us, to divide our mind, to conquer our mind. In the name of Jesus, I take authority and break every power, presence of anxiety in this place. I rebuke every root of it. I uproot it by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Every shape, form of fear, we cancel it out in the name of Jesus. Your word says you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. There's no confusion in our mind. There is no division in our mind. Thank you for the redemptive power of the blood of Jesus that makes us an heir before the throne of grace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Oh, no.